The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They don't reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, lighten the fuck up. Enjoy. Now, Crown Vic. Oh, hey there. How you guys doing? Welcome to the 40th edition of the Poorly Made Police Memes podcast. Can you believe we already made it to 40? Holy shit. Pumping these out quicker than your mom. Well, I don't know. We'll leave that. But anyway, yeah, welcome to the podcast. I hope you guys are all having a good shift, good night, whatever the hell you guys are all up to doing. In this podcast, I talked to a cop out in Virginia. We really hit mental health pretty hard. It's a good episode. I, I assure you that it's not all dull and boring and sad and sappy, but some good information's in there. And then the back half of the episode, we talk about some of the shittier things about Christmas time, which uh, I think was very funny. On a very quick note, and I know I hit it pretty hard the last podcast, but I just wanted to, A, thanks to the new people that threw their uh, money in the bucket of being a monthly donor. I do appreciate that. And I'll give them a really quick shout out. We've got Wyatt, not Wyatt Earp, but Wyatt, which fuck, that's a great name. Although with the the last name, I think it could be a troll name. But hey, thanks for your money, pal. I appreciate it. We got Ronaldo, and we also got Kathleen that is donating their fine money to the podcast. So like I said, last episode, and I say at the end of every single episode, but if you want to support the podcast, and I hate asking for people for money, but that's kind of the thing. So I'd really like to keep this thing going, and I said it in another post that I can do 100 episodes a year or so, give or take. And there's 800,000 cops out there and all the support staff and retired people. And there's a lot of people to talk to. There's a lot of people to get their story out in my own poorly made way. I promise you, you know, maybe the production here, they'll get better. Um, but it's not going to change. It's, this is going to be what it is. It's going to be poorly made because I know that's what you guys love and expect out of me. Or you hate it and you don't listen. I don't know. And I've kind of joked a little bit on some of the prior podcasts about like, hey, you know, support the podcast or I'm going to have to go get a real job. Not throwing any scare tactics out there, but we do live in the real world. If, uh, (laughs) God, it sounds a lot worse than it did in my head. But if I did have to, you know, here's the thing. The most important thing in my life isn't you guys. It's my family. And I have to put them in front of everything. And I'm not going to be that dude again that's, you know, working full time as a cop and working a bunch off duty and enslaving, man. Money's not that important. I uh, I want to be a good dad and a good husband and all that. So if I, you know, I have to make a life change, so be it. And whatever happens, I'll try to keep this thing going, but it's not going to be to the extent it is because, like I said, I'm not going to be that dude again that's always gone or doing something else or can't play. So... And I do think this is a good thing, and maybe this is the way I quote-unquote give back to uh, my brothers and sisters. But anyway, yes, thank you guys for you know hitting that button and donating your money. If you guys want to do it, at the end of every podcast, you got that there. So there's that. And then the other thing that helps make this podcast possible is the people that sponsor the podcast. So, hey, let's say that you, uh, you don't have a couple bucks or you don't want to put your credit card information. That's cool, man. Tell a friend, you know, spread the word on the podcast. That always helps me out. And then, you know, patronize the sponsors of the podcast. Now, today as a realtor, 
So if you don't live in that state, you probably can't buy a house from him. But if you're there, check this guy out. Um, he's a good dude. So, so with that said, let's hit up our sponsor, who is Trey Serrano. He's a realtor out in the uh, great state of my ex's, Texas. Trey did nine years, San Antonio Police Department, and got the fuck out of there. Now he's built up a cop and veteran realty group, and they sell 100 houses a year, and they also help other cops grow their real estate business. So go check those dudes out. Uh, I will have a link to all his stuff at the podcast description. So thank you, Trey, for putting on the show today. I appreciate it. All right, uh, real quick, so I don't drag on too long so we can get to the podcast because it's a little longer one. That's what she said. Poorly made weight loss challenge. I think I'm pretty much where I was last week. So apparently these magic pills are fucking bullshit. We'll see. I'm going to be patient with it. I'll I'll give a full review on the magic pills when I'm done, though. And uh, last but not least, let's fucking get to our band. So I don't know where the fuck I am on the list. So we're going to go with uh, Weekend Picnic because you can't go wrong there. So they're uh, standby for Weekend Picnic. And then I'll be right back with my friend Steven from Virginia. All right, now the moment you've all been waiting for. I've got Steven live in my sex dungeon. Uh, how are you doing today, Steven? I'm all right. Strains are a little tight, but I'm okay. Hey, man, as long as you're uh, you're talking, you're fine. So uh, just don't forget the lotion, okay? That's very important. All right, and you promise that you're going to adhere by my safe words. Yes. Hey, all man, right. I'm, I'm a man of my word, okay? By the way, if you haven't seen the video, it's on my Facebook and Instagram. You can you can see uh, how I, I live my life down here in my dungeon. Yeah, I saw that. I was actually going to mention that at some point during this podcast. I didn't realize you called it a, uh, a sex dungeon. I was going to make fun of you for that, but you kind of beat me to the punch. Well, your 1970s Ornamax. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. It's I didn't build a fucking house, okay? It's like 150 years old. It's not my fault. I'm working with what I got here, okay? You know, if you guys would donate some more money to the podcast, I, I would be rich, and uh, we could do more with it. But no, I don't, you know, and I didn't even go off with the dungeon thing. Like, when I first put all this stuff up, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Everybody's going to think it's cool. And then as soon as I put the video, the like, the first pictures up, like, back in July or August, and I started getting hammered for it, I was like, yeah, I should have thought this one out a little bit. But now I own it. Were there a lot of comments about living in your mom's basement? Oh, yeah. Living in the mom's basement and that it's a sex dungeon and uh, all the good stuff that goes along with that. So I own it, man. It's on me. There, there you go. Yeah. So um, are you having any, anything to drink tonight, my friend? Uh, coffee. But, you know, we, we got to talking a little earlier pre, pre-podcast. I should have poured me a glass of Jameson. You should. Good man. It's, it's, That's, you know, somebody asked school, me right? a couple podcasts ago what my go to is. I do like a good Jameson every once in a while. Good man. Yeah. Jam- Jameson is my go to. But like I said, it's a school night and uh, I got to work in the morning. 
Makes sense. So I've uh, I've got a Boulevard Brewing Company Nutcracker Winter Warmer Ale. I was looking for Christmas beer, and I get where I'm living now. Apparently, they don't have any. So this is what I got. So I don't know what a Nutcracker is supposed to taste like. We're gonna we're gonna find out. That sounds sexual. Yeah, I got I got a couple guesses, uh, but go for um, it. Let me know how it is. Well, it's an ale, but it tastes like an IPA. But it's not so bad that I won't finish it. But it's uh, it's not Christmassy. And it's not salty like a nut. So I don't know what I'm drinking here. But it's not bad. I mean, well, it's 7.8%. So this must be like, hey, your family's coming over for the holidays. So just drink this shit and forget you're alive kind of thing. So, and then of course, I've By got my- By the time we're done, you're going to be fucked up. Probably. And then I have, I've got whiskey going too. I've got my unapologetic American whiskey made from Hideaway Distillery out in Oregon, which is their blue line whiskey, which is fantastic. Enough about uh, unhealthy coping mechanisms. Let's talk about you a little bit, Stephen. So uh, you messaged me a little while back. You have you've basically gone through a lot of things that cops, military vets have gone through, and you've been writing about it. And you sent me an article, and I was just kind of taken away because you hit all these points and these different things that I could definitely empathize with, and and you know it made me feel like I wasn't alone with some of these thoughts. And uh, so you're doing a good thing with that, but I wanted to talk to you, I mean, basically kind of talk some mental health stuff and some of the stuff that cops and military vets go through. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, and that's kind of why I did it and why I, I made myself an open book was to uh, let guys know that they're not alone because, you know, we face such a stigma when it comes to mental health uh, in law enforcement. It's a stigma that we put on each other. It's a stigma that we put on ourselves. It's a stigma that the public puts on us. And so a lot of times we're afraid to reach out. That's the thing that sucks. And, and I know we'll get way more into it is we kind of built up as, you know, we're these big, bad, tough guys and we don't have feelings. And and some of it, you know, you're right. It is definitely put on us by the public. And some of it we we do put on ourselves. We put on this this uh, this blanket of armor, but we never take care of ourselves, you know. When you when you spend when you you're you're a profession that is constantly um, helping others, dealing with others, um, the, the shit that goes on in their life. Yeah, you know, your cup is constantly filling up. If you're not taking time away to take care of yourself, you're you're gonna you're gonna spill over. And and how that happens with us, you know, fucked up marriages, alcohol abuse, substance abuse you know, sometimes ending up with officers taking their own lives. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just not taking care of ourselves. And on the flip side of that, some departments not taking care of their guys. Let's, uh, let's talk about your story a little bit. So tell the millions of people that listen to this podcast a little bit about you. All right. Yeah. Millions of them, all three of them. No, I'm, I'm with you. How, how um, dare you, but go ahead. <laughs> um, I didn't think anybody was actually going to hear this. People listen to this? Uh, a couple. Yeah, a couple million. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, I, I think the, I had some some problems growing up early on in my childhood. Um, home life wasn't the best. And I, I think in my experience, a lot of times people grow up to become cops because of shit they faced in their in their personal lives growing up. And for whatever reason, you know, I, I, I dealt with uh, dealt with some suicides early on. My cousin, 
two, two of my cousins, my best friend committed suicide. Uh, and these are all things that I never dealt with. Then I, I grew up, joined the Marine Corps, went through that, you know, I'm back to in Iraq, still stuff that I didn't deal with. But I, I thought I was, you know, I was young and dumb, you know, pissing fire and vinegar. I was, I was the man. Um, so none of this stuff bothered me. And as I'm going through life and, and what I've learned in my journey is there's a couple of different types of, of trauma, right? You have your, your acute trauma, which is something bad shit happens, right? Like you get into a shooting, you get into a car accident. You, it, it's, it's something that you can focus in on and say, okay, this is what caused the trauma. The other type of trauma is, is more like building blocks, right? Did uh, the, the, everything that we do is just another brick on us. And if we're never offloading those bricks, we don't exactly notice the weight until it's, it's too heavy and, and we're crumbling from under. And that's kind of what I went through. Um, I never dealt with my stuff. I thought I, I thought I was okay. I fought getting help. I fought mental health. I, I fought all of that. And it, it almost cost me my marriage. You know, I wasn't dealing with me. I wasn't dealing with the issues that, that I needed to deal with. And, and my marriage collapsed as a result. And so I ended up separating from my wife, um, moved out. I got into a relationship with a dispatcher uh, in the jurisdiction I was working. That uh, was a very toxic relationship to begin with. And then that ended. And I realized that I needed to get help. I realized that uh, if I didn't get help, I was going to end up being another stat, right? So I started going to therapy. It ended up with my therapist telling me, hey, I think it's a good idea to put you on some medication. And so uh, by that point, man, I, I was so done. I was so distraught. I was, I was bleeding out from the inside. And uh, I didn't even fight her anymore. I said, okay, you want to put me on medication? So uh, I ended up getting a prescription for Lexapro, right? Which is a, uh, my issue is I deal with is anxiety. And I think to a point, a lot of cops deal with anxiety. Oh, dude, uh, absolutely. I, the, I would say that's my biggest thing. And it's, it's weird for me. I went not to turn things away from you, but, but I can empathize. I, no, absolutely. I, I went on in the early part of my life. And I, I would say like, I'm a, I was a fairly anxious person being worried about shit. I shouldn't be worried about. And then I got into law enforcement and, and I'll preface this with, I think people have different types of anxiety, but I think it all kind of has the same problems, right? Like it causes the same things. I think we can all be together with that. And so I, I went to the police Academy and I honestly think for a little bit like that was the cure, like in getting into law enforcement. And I was very confident in myself. I was confident in my abilities. I was confident in my understanding of the law. I was confident. I was a, became a very confident person. You know, part of that was maturity and part of it. I think I, I think that police academy I went through. And then at least for me, you know, the years of the calls and the, you put it perfectly, the bricks, the bricks were building up all the fucked up shit that, you know, people, Hey, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. That's it. And that was the end of it. Never dealt with anything. Never told anybody about any of the thoughts I had or anything I was dealing with or just kept building up that, you know, these bricks. And, you know, I think with everything that happened in 2020, 
it just the weight of all that just kind of hit me all at once. And, you know, I had a hard time with everything and I, I was in a pretty dark place. So I, I think, you know, a lot of guys can definitely empathize with what you're saying with the anxiety. Right. And, and I think that, you know, if you ask yourself, well, am I, am I one of those that struggles with anxiety? I'll tell you, man, one of the best telltale signs is I'd be riding around in my car and my sergeant would call me on my phone. And the first thought out of my mind was, fuck, what did I do? You know, if, if that's where your mind goes, there's, there's an anxiety issue. But I didn't see it for the longest time because you only live your life, right? Like, oh, yeah, you, you don't know necessarily where you're fucked up, where you're not fucked up. But it got to the point, I mean, my, my marriage was collapsing. Uh, I had a relationship with a dispatcher that collapsed into a colossal failure. Um, and, and so I finally, and I fought all those stigmas, right? And there are three main, main things that I, I think are the reasons cops don't reach out for help. You know, one of those is if I tell somebody I'm going to lose my job. Right. I think that's the big one. Guys are afraid they're going to take they're going to get their guns and badges taken from them is they can't be trusted to do this job. Yep. Uh, the, the second 100%. is the second is that they're going to lose the faith, trust and confidence of the people that work. Nobody, nobody wants to be that guy on the chip. You, you know who that guy. And I'm not saying that it's necessarily a, a mental health thing, but there's always that one guy on the chip that everybody's like, God, I don't want him back. You know, because they don't they don't trust them. They don't have any faith in them. And you don't want to be that guy. And you're afraid that if you're like, hey, look, I'm struggling mentally with some stuff that people are automatically going to look look at you that way. Uh, and the third reason, I think, is, is a lot of guys struggle with, a, well, how am I going to go to a therapist or a counselor? They're not going to understand the issues that I have. You know, they're not they don't do this job. They're not going to understand. And so. I fought all of those, those stigmas. And eventually I was like, I can't, I can't do this and can't fight it. So I went on the medication, got a prescription for it. And uh, I don't know about other agencies for us. If you get put on any type of medication like that, you've got to notify the agent. I feel like that's a fairly common thing. It was my, it was the same way where I worked. Right. So I remember I, I was I was living in an apartment at the time. Like I said, I had moved out of my house, living in an apartment at the time, and I was sitting in my truck. I had my phone in one hand, my pills in the other. And I called up the personnel lieutenant, and uh, and I said, "Hey, I, I need to talk to you." And uh, he said, "All right, well, what you got?" Said, Listen, I uh, I've been going to therapy for a little while now, and uh, my therapist has suggested that I go on medication. What do you take? I told him I was taking uh, some Lex. I was taking Lexapro, um, and he said, "Okay, we'll turn it over and read me the warning label." And I read it to him, and, and he's like, "All right, well, what time do you or when do you when are you supposed to come back to work?" I was like, "Man, here it is." Thinking to myself, "This is it. He's going to tell me report to headquarters. You know, wear civilian attire. That's it. They're going to bench me." going to put me on the sidelines you're going to take my gun and badge i'm going to end up riding the desk until be off this medication and i said well i'm i'm supposed to go back to work tomorrow i said all right you're good to go i said wait a minute that's it he goes yeah i said you're not going to take my gun and badge 
I'm, I'm taking this medication. And he said, man, you and about 15 other people in this bar. And that was the defining moment when it came to mental health and being a first responder for me. That moment changed my life because I thought to myself, and I'm not judging anybody for not doing it, but I said, if there are 15 other people in this agency who've gone through similar struggles that I have, if any of them had been open about it, would have made my journey a hell of a lot easier. And I decided in that moment that I was going to be that person. I was going to make my life an open book, my struggles with mental health, my struggles with, with everything that I had going on. I was going to be an open book so that others knew that you can walk through that fire and come out okay on the other. And that's why I'm here. That's, that's why I wrote that article for First Responders Foundation uh, and what I continue to do every day trying to, to explain to people that, hey, man, it's okay. It's okay to need help. Okay to not be okay. And in that, through this, I've met some, some really awesome people. Mostly um, me, but go on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I met some really awesome people. And somebody said, you know, two, two things that people said that have really stuck out to me. One guy said, and, and, and this wasn't his quote, but it's what he said to me. He said, trying to do this job and not suffer emotionally is like trying to walk through water and not get. It's a matter of when, not if, right? Hey, dude, you cut out for just one, one second. Can you start over with the, it's the walking through water? Yeah. He said that, that trying to do this job and not suffer emotionally is like trying to walk through water and not get Right, dude. Every time you stay, you go there and say, "Trying to walk through water and not," and then it cuts out. (laughs) All right, (laughs) it's like they're trying to tell us something. Don't tell people good advice. Don't share this. Uh, Doing this job and not suffering emotionally is like trying to walk through water and not get wet. Okay, got it that time. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Basically, it's 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 a matter of when, not if. Because you can't you can't do this job and do what we do and not suffer somewhat emotionally. Um, and then another another good friend of mine said um, he said that even cops deserve to be happy and healthy, right? So it's okay for us to go get help. It's okay for us to admit, man, I'm not as I'm not as okay as I've led that I let on that I am. Oh yeah, dude, absolutely. And I think it's important to have voices in the law enforcement community and in social media telling guys it's okay to go get help. In fact, in all of, and there's some pages out there that are straight out fucking trolls in all of my time. And I spent a lot of time on the internet, unfortunately in social media, I haven't seen any cop pages, trash guys for getting help. I've never seen that happen which I think is a sign that things are getting better because on the road, I, you know, there's snickering back in the day. When I say back in the day, I mean, even a couple of years ago, there was kind of that snickering. I, for all the, the shit I talk about my former department, that's one thing. If I would have went out and used the services and if I would have, you know, got the help I needed, it wouldn't have been a problem. 
and that's, I think, tremendous growth on a lot of PDs where they're starting to take care of their guys. Unfortunately, there are still PDs in the Stone Age where they potentially could, guys could lose their jobs. And I, I'm not saying that as a fear tactic, but I'm just, it's the truth. And I, I, I don't think that should be ignored. And, and those type of places need to really look inward and make sure they're taking care of their guys right. and gals. And, and I don't know if it, you know, was the same with your agency. Um, you know, we had an EAP where you, you could, you could call up HR and say, Hey, uh, I need to use the EAP. I want to see a therapist. And, and, a, and a lot of guys are terrified of doing that. And, and I understand why I was too, you know, the last thing I wanted to do was, was call someone in my jurisdiction and admit that I needed to see somebody. So I ended up seeing a therapist that was referred by another cop, but just agencies are getting better and better every day, understanding that, that this job affects us in a negative manner, you know, and that it's, it's okay for their people to want to get help because there was a time when, oh, you just, you were deemed to not be able to cut it. You can't cut the mustard, right? You're you're not you're not fit for this job. Uh, and I think that 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 type of mentality ruins so many cops' lives, marriages because they can't seek the help they want. Yeah, it. I don't want to go too far in left field, but it, I think it's. I think there's things that, and and I hope this is a thing now, but. I think it's two different things, right? Where it, to be completely fair and honest, there are people like that that can't, they can't do the job. And that's not like their fault. That's just that it is what it is, right? Right. But I think guys that have done the job and do the job, they think they're going to automatically turn into that category because they need help. And I think any reasonable person, and sometimes it, feels like there's not a whole lot of reasonable people on this planet, but any reasonable person should say, Hey, look, cops deal with X, Y, Z. They work weird hours. They have all these different things going on. It's perfectly normal for them to go through the shit they're going through. And it should be perfectly normal and acceptable for them to go talk to somebody about it. Right. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, you were talking about that there are some people who can't do this job. You're absolutely right. There, there are some people, and, and a lot of times we weed those guys out pretty, pretty early on. Uh, there is a time and place, and I'm not, I'm not saying that, that we should be snowflakes. And that, you know, there is a time and place to put up that wall and not let yourself feel the emotion, right? If you're on scene in an infant fatality, that's not the time to break down. And if you can't keep pushing through that and do the job that is required of you, then maybe you're not cut out to do this job. But that doesn't mean that once that situation is over, you can't hurt and you can't feel it. And you can't say, man, maybe I need to go talk to somebody about that. You know, and that's what I mean by by offloading those bricks that that brick of an infant fatality. And I, I use that because um, that was, that was one of my big things. I had uh, a partner and I, when I was working in the first jurisdiction I was in, 
we did CPR on a six month old who didn't make it. And that one messed me up. That, that one messed me up pretty well. And so I didn't necessarily deal with it. And I had a three month old at the time. My, my son was three months old. So I had a child right around the same age. And I never really dealt with that, or at least I didn't for a long time. So no, you can't break down on scene. You've, you've got to do the job that, that's required of you, but you can't hold on to that weight either. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Now to not necessarily lighten the mood, but you brought up anxiety and uh, I actually made a meme today about anxiety and uh, it's weird that I got excited when you brought anxiety up, but <laughs> and I, I wasn't sure if this was appropriate for poorly made, but I will probably make this meme the meme for this podcast. But since you're you're a fella that that suffers through the anxiety sometimes, I I, I dealt with this today, and it was a w- weird thing. But you know, we're we're driving down to into town to go to the store, and I felt calm and at peace, and I was like, "This is fucking weird. Is this what this right? feels like? What the fuck is this? Yep, I need a problem." Why, why is, you know, why is my mind quiet? And I, I got to think I'm not the only person like that. I mean, it sucks, but that's kind of life, right? Where you have just those, uh, those fleeting moments of inner peace, or I don't know, maybe, maybe I've turned a corner and things are going to get better for me internally, but you're, you're absolutely right, man. Like, so, uh, so I go to therapy once a week, once every two weeks, it depends on my work schedule. Uh, and that is something that me and my therapist have been working on is, uh, is learning that it's okay to be okay. Because when you deal with anxiety and when you do jobs like we do, uh, those constant and you live in such a fight or flight mode all the time with your adrenaline, either your adrenaline always up or knowing at any moment that tone could drop and it could be a shooting, that when you are okay, it's extremely uncomfortable because you're waiting for that other shoe to drop. And that is where a lot of guys, myself included, fuck up. That is where we start to, and we don't mean to do it, but we start to create problems for ourselves. Because if we're okay and things are going well, we're not comfortable. So you become a toxic person. You become embattled in the drama of things because you need something to keep you going because just to sit down and relax is a feeling you've never experienced before. And so one of the things my therapist has me work on is to just, when I pull in the driveway, I'm supposed to take anywhere from 30 seconds to a minute to just exist in the moment and to be okay and not jump from, all right, I just got off work come in the house, know everything that needs to be dealt with with a wife and kid is to allow myself that time to be okay. And over time you get more and more and better and better at just being able to exist when there isn't a high stress situation. Right. And that's exactly what I did to myself. I created issues. My my marriage was, wasn't in the best place at the time, but it wasn't anything that, that, required me leaving right i did that because i wasn't okay being okay does does that make sense oh that makes a ton of sense now 
it is interesting you bring up the the marriage thing because this is something that I feel like I bring up somewhat frequently on the podcast for regular listeners is I feel like people frequently sabotage relationships that don't need sabotaged just and it you know it your reason is a a, a perfect example of it and, and I think you know not to generalize but I, I think we live in a society now where if if everything's not perfect it's not okay or if it's you know what I mean nobody wants to wants to fix things but then you brought up an excellent part of that like the psychological part of that is it's okay or it's not even that bad but i have to sabotage it i need i need that drama i need whatever it is to satiate that's i don't think that's the right word but this is poorly made but you you just need that extra thing and it just it can you know ruin marriages right and and we do it subconsciously it's it's not it's not something that we sit back and go Oh man, I need to, I need to cause a problem. So I have, you do it subconsciously, you know, things are going well and you're like, no, things can't be going this well. And you start looking for things that are wrong. You start looking for problems. And I absolutely did that. The the relationship with the dispatcher, we were both uh, in really bad places um, mentally. Uh, and we fed off of each other in that aspect um, of of whenever something, whenever things were going well, one of us was going to create a problem uh, equally. You know, I'm I'm not saying it was all her. Uh, we we both did it, and so you you constantly end up in this fight or flight in that, that elevated position to where it's exhausting. You get to a point where you're just like, I can't do this anymore. And that's the point in which you either decide to become a stat or get help. Well, dude, I am glad that you made the right call and, and get help. And fuck, man. I mean, and I, you know, I, I make this podcast. God, I hope just like one guy or gal hears this and they just step out, out of their comfort zone and they go get the help they need and deserve. And, have a happy life because we're not here for that long. You might as well enjoy it. Right. Hey, we did. We deserve to be happy and healthy too. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Like I said, you know, my biggest thing is I'm a, I'm, I'm not a clinician. So, you know, the only thing I can do for these guys and girls out here is just to be an example. It's, I know that sounds really fucking patting myself on the shoulder. Um, but, no, but but that's a real like that's real though that's right. real is it's being real is i and i don't this is going to sound like a dick and maybe i'm being a dick but i think sometimes people can talk about mental health and it kind of comes off cringy and it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's coming from the heart and it doesn't feel real the right. conversation we're having it feels real you know like i you know we've never met but i'm like yep I've felt some of these things, things, and we haven't gone through everything exactly the same way or done the same things, but like, I've, I totally know what you're talking about. I totally know, you know, how you're feeling. And I think this is shit that guys and gals, they don't talk about amongst each other. And I'm not necessarily saying, you know, you go to door to door and you say, Hey, so uh, what kind of pills are you taking today? But it's not a bad idea to, you know, check in on your friends and, and be real with them about the shit you're going through. 
Right. And that's so like when I when I posted this article or when First Responder Foundation posted it and I put it on my Facebook, the amount of out the the outpouring, I mean, I had guys from from guys that had been on the road for six months to guys that were getting ready to retire call me up, message me and say, Hey, thank you so much. Thank you for, you know, I I thought I was alone. I thought I was the only one that felt this way. And so being that open example for people lets people know that it's okay. And, And one of the biggest things, and this is where the second writing for First Responder Foundation came from, is one of the biggest questions I was asked was, well, how can I help? What do I do? And, uh, you know, I answered a few of those and I was like, you know what, let me, let me write another article. What I came to realize is that when you're dealing with cops and you're sitting door to door, you know, we'll, we'll have the, the class in the academy about mental health, right? And that's a very clinical, very rigid conversation normally, but you can't do that with cops. You can't, you can't talk clinically to us. You're kind of lose our our attention we're, we're dumb cops you know like the firefighters say we just didn't score high enough on the on the test um allegedly allegedly right but what, what i told him was you know if, if you don't drop an f-bomb within the first five minutes of that conversation you're you're not gonna you're not gonna keep their attention which is why i think that peer support programs are so important Right. Because if you go to that infant fatality and the lieutenant comes to you a couple of days later and says, hey, come sit in my office. Hey, man, how are you doing? You took a rough call the other day. You're going most cops, most cops that I know are going to clam the fuck up and they're going to give them all the answers that they think he wants to hear because they don't want to get put on leave. Yep. Right. So they're going to give them all the, the, the answers that he needs. Or they're going to just assume this is just the CYA conversation. This dude really doesn't give two chips about me. He's just trying to cover the agency's ass so that they can wash their hands and say, well, we went to him and asked if he was okay. But when you're approached by one of your peers, and it's the same rank and file as you, then it shows that they care. They're coming to you because they care. When I go to one of the guys on the street and go, hey, man, that was a tough call you went to a couple of days ago. You're doing all right. You know, they know that there ain't shit I can do to them. I can't suspend them. I can't take away their gun and badge. I'm literally there just asking if they're okay. And that's why peer support programs are so important. And I never go to one of those guys or one of those conversations empty-handed. One of the hardest things for me when I got first started going to therapy was picking a therapist. Dude, have you have you ever like looked at therapists in your area? There's a million of them and they all specialize in something different. And you're like, who the fuck do I talk to? Who who do I go if to? If I go to if I'm gonna pick a doctor or anything like that, it's basically like I close my eyes and I kind of, you know, back when there are phone but actually where I live there's phone books. It's weird. I haven't seen one in a while, but you know, I kind of spin my finger a little bit and I put my finger down. I'm like, all right, that's the doctor I'm going to. Right, right. Because there's just so many of them. So uh, what I always do is I make sure that I have the name and number of the therapists written down. 
Now, that may not be a therapist that works for them. They might go and, uh, and decide, hey, this isn't clicking. But the thing is, is I give them somewhere to start, right? I give them somewhere to start. And I say, hey, this is the person, you know, they, they specialize in, in law enforcement, first responders, things like that. Um, and once they're in the door, it's a lot easier to continue after that. It's a lot easier to continue once they're in the door. So if you don't go empty handed, it'll help someone make that step. Because I probably realized that I needed help two months before I actually started going, going to therapy. Just because the fact that how do I pick one was so overwhelming that I kept putting it to the back burner. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to go on a little tangent about picking doctors, though. Absolutely. Okay. So, and I, this kind of comes from experience with uh, my mother too, who has some mental health stuff. Hi mom, if you're listening, but <laughs> you have to realize that therapists, you know, like we cops, we want to be humanized too. You got to realize therapists are human too. So you're going to get all different types of personalities with therapists, right? You know, we don't want to be pigeonholed and I'm sure they don't want to be pigeonholed either. That sounded not, good but you know what i'm saying so keep that in mind you may go to a doctor or a therapist you might not like them go somewhere else go talk to somebody else do a different thing i mean i've had experience with law enforcement where i thought cops were fucking d-bags that doesn't mean every cop's a d-bag right right same type of thing and the other thing medication wise and is that is a that's a thing that fluctuates and that you know chemical imbalances in your brain and shit like that you may have to try different things to find the right thing that works for you. So just because you go do one thing, it doesn't work for you. Doesn't mean that medication or whatever is going to work for you. You just might have to, same way with picking doctors, medication is the same way too. It just how your brain, the chemicals in your brain are going to react to that medication. So. Right. A absolutely. Something to and think to, about. And to piggyback off that, I'm on my third therapist. Right. I, I've, now I think I finally found a therapist that I click well with and, and it's going so much better than it had in the past. But you're exactly right. I, I am on my third therapist before I finally found one that I was like, yes, this is, this is where it's at. Medication wise. I mean, I'm on a different dosage than when I started um, because you're right. They put you on something and you're like, Hey, uh, either, you know, I don't like how it makes me feel. I feel like a zombie all the time or, Hey, I'm not getting anything out. Or maybe you just need a different type of medication altogether. But you, yeah. you're exactly right. Just because you're, you go the first time and it doesn't work doesn't mean that therapy doesn't work. doesn't mean that medication doesn't work. And that being said, I'm not, I'm not saying that I think that everybody needs to be on medication. In fact, quite the opposite of that. I would encourage, try going to therapy first before you go the medication route. Uh, I would just, I would, those I would argue that our country is overly medicated, but absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and I fought medication for a long time. I was just one of those cases where the anxiety was where I was in my life at that point combined with my anxiety was too much. Now my end goal, I still take this medication, but my end goal is to get off of the idea is to go through therapy long enough and learn coping techniques and learn how to deal with these things on my own 
so that over time I can start taking that medication less and less and less and hopefully one day finally be off of it because I don't want to be on medication for the rest of my life. I'm glad you said that because I think we live in a society where it's kind of like that instant gratification, like, oh, um, I've got the magic pill. I'm good. I don't have to do any more work. Right. A- absolutely. And and I don't I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be, you know, I want to learn. I didn't learn a lot of these coping mechanisms growing up. Like I said, you know, I went to I went to six different elementary schools. Um <laughs> The guys that know me that, li- that will listen to this, I'm probably one of the brashest people you'll ever meet in your life. Um, I am an asshole. And that was a big part of my therapy was learning why I'm that way. And I, I had a conversation with the therapist that I had at the time. I was like, I don't understand. I don't understand why I'm this way. You know, and she's like, well, when do people learn how to make interpersonal relationships? When do they learn how to keep and make friends? Make and keep friends. And I was like, well, probably during their elementary years. Like, okay, how many elementary schools did you go to? I was like, oh, fuck. That explains it. Like every time I I feel bad for moving my kids now. (laughs) Just my kids, or if you guys are listening to this in 20 years, if you're an asshole, it's still your fault. But go ahead. (laughs) But like every time I'd make friends, I'd get ripped away. And I can remember the point that it happened that I was like, no more. I'm done trying to make friends. I'm done feeling this pain. And so going to therapy helped me understand why I am the way I am and that I can fix it. So, you know, I, we talk about Facebook, we talk about memes. I saw a meme and, and I'll be honest with you, I don't remember if it came from your page or one of the other million that I'm subscribed to. Um, But it said that mental health is not your fault. Having a mental health issue is not your fault. It is your responsibility. And I was like, damn, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. So it's clearly not mine. (laughs) So I was like, damn, that, you know, it, it isn't my fault that I am this way, but it is my responsibility to fix it. And that's another thing about therapy and things that you're going to get just as much in it as you put in or you're going to get just as much from it as you put into it. Um, it's not a magic pill. Sometimes I mean, therapy sucks. I'll be honest with you. Therapy fucking sucks. There are some days I go into my therapist's office and I walk out feeling worse than I did when I went in. And that sounds counterproductive as fuck. I get it. But you got to think about it. You're going in there and opening up a lot of things that you've had packed away for a long time. And it feels good to work through those things and get through them. So they're not those blocks on your shoulders anymore, but sometimes it sucks. I've had moments where I've walked into therapy and I've had aha moments and I walked out feeling great. And I've had other sessions where I walk out going, Oh fuck, that sucks. And I was tiring and I was exhausted after because you, like I said, you're unpacking a lot of shit. Um, so you're going to get from it what you put into it. Don't expect that, you know, therapists aren't magicians. Don't expect that you're going to go in there and they're going to wave a magic wand and make you all better. It, it doesn't work. I, dude, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this conversation because it's, it's very real. And I, I hate to say raw, but it kind of is. 
I just hope people, again, I hope somebody's listening or a few people are listening and say, okay, it's time. You know, it's time. I'm in a bad place. Let's, let's do something about this. And uh, I, fuck man, if you're an apartment, if you're, I don't suspect much of the brass listens to this podcast. I know a few, a few guys do take care of your guys. And if your department doesn't have, you know, programs or systems or fail safes in place, Let's uh, let's take care of these guys. So with that said, uh, you ready to change gears and let's have a happy conversation? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So um, we got coming up here. Instagram has given us some of their shitty holiday traditions and Christmas songs and all that. We'll get into that. But before we do that, I got to give them my T-shirt giveaway. So as you guys know, is every week I try to give away a T-shirt to a deserving cop. Thanks to the anonymous donors I have that have donated some money so I can send them some merch and it's all that cost for me. So I don't make a cent. So let's, uh, let's see what we got here. So this nomination comes and he says, I would like to nominate someone for the merch giveaway for the podcast, which is awesome. By the way, it is awesome. My buddy is a patrol sergeant, canine handler, and all around great guy. He fought for years to establish and raise funds for canines, runs the department special Olympic fundraiser every year without help. And always volunteers to stay late, come in early, and work an extra shift. A few years ago, he saved my life in a massive bra, bra, in a massive brawl, a massive bra. He didn't save your life if he got you out of there. I'm just saying. But right, he was Yeah. Anyway, he saved my life in a massive brawl, where it was just the two of us versus four people in a church. Yes, a church. I hear yakety sax playing right now, and if I was good with my buttons, I'd play it. Anyway, a few months ago. Uh, he was leaving an extra job when he heard a train derailment in the city. He responded and was first on scene and he ran down the tracks and helped the conductors to safety despite fuel and chemical leaks all around. So there you go, man. This guy sounds like a fucking badass, and the least I can do is give him a t-shirt or a mug. So congratulations, my friend. Let's get to uh Instagram questions. So what we're doing here, this uh we usually do like an ask me anything or something related to the state you work, but we're gonna do things a little different because to me, Christmas time is just not like the week before Christmas. I think basically after Thanksgiving is all Christmas time. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I let my I let my wife put her Christmas tree up early this year, but yeah, I, I can go with. It. Dude, this year is the first year that we haven't put stuff up before Thanksgiving, and I can't tell you how happy I am about it. Because to me, yeah. the turkey the turkey doesn't get his due. Yeah, I, I that was my thing is nothing before Thanksgiving. I think that should be a law, by the way. Nothing before Thanksgiving. Um, so people basically I asked, you know, what are the worst um Christmas traditions? And some of them are more to them and some of them are, are overall. So here's what we got. Well, let me preface that. It's more Christmas traditions, songs, movies, all that stuff. So so this guy writes in his parents used to have this tradition where they watch Home Alone 2. And then Home Alone one, and then drink. I don't see any problem with that. No, that sounds like a good time. I'm gonna make that a fucking family tradition now. I'm wondering why that hasn't been in my life. So, in my humble opinion, I think Home Alone two is one of the rare sequels that's better than the first. I don't know about being better just because Home Alone one is such a classic. But I will tell you, it, it, it's not far off. It's not one of those where you're like, well, that sucked. It's just as good. 
I don't know. I and maybe I like not that I like New York City anymore, but there's something about New York City that's always appealed to me. And that that could be why. There's like a special place in my heart for New York City. So that could be why I have that affinity for that movie. Yeah, especially with Christmas. New York just does Christmas really well. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. I get I got family back there and I really wanted to go for Christmas time for a long time, but New York just sounds so unappealing right now. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know that I I try not to go up north as much as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, let's see here. This uh this person says everything about the holiday season is bad. You're wrong, right. buddy. You're fucking, fucking wrong. Grinch. You're a fucking Grinch. He is the Grinch, you son of a bitch. Um, the next person does not like the song I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. Jesus Christ. I, I can get on board with that because I want a hippopotamus my, for Christmas. My family will walk around singing that song all day. All of them. Her, the kids, all of them. They just it's constant. It kind of and it's just, not even a Christmas song. Yeah, it is. She's asking for a hippopotamus for Christmas. How is that not a Christmas song? It's just it's a dog. <laughs> I'm 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 with whoever sent that. That that's that's a horrible song. No, she's wrong. The person that sent this is absolutely wrong. You know, okay, that's one of those songs that, like, the first couple song times I hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this song. And then, like, you know, by, like, January 25th, I'm like, all right, kill me now. I can't listen to it anymore. But it's one of those that gets stuck in your head, and you just can't get rid of it. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. All right. All right. Now, um, that's, that's going to be rest of the night. Yeah, rest it is. Night. Rest of the night. It's in the head. All right. Uh, this person is complaining that too much of the family together at once. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Especially you, you got to understand that, especially being a cop. I worked last Thanksgiving and this past Thanksgiving and I had to arrest the guy on Thanksgiving because he got into a brawl with his mother and his brother. I'm like, really? R- really, man? It's Thanksgiving. Uh, I saw a, I saw a, an Instagram reel where somebody recorded their parents having an argument over thanks like Thanksgiving about how they, you know, Oh, you didn't really want to marry me. And I shouldn't have laughed, but it was funny. (laughs) (laughs) The the arguments that come up during Thanksgiving. Yeah. This thing's I, I know people's family experiences are, are different than mine because mine's always been kind of odd is because my parents moved um, from different, like they met in Colorado, but they were from different parts of the country. And so not much of our family is immediate. So growing up, like Thanksgiving, you know, maybe somebody would come out or, or whatever, but it was pretty, I remember it being pro key or pro key, low key. I don't even know what a pro key is. I remember it being pretty low key. I know. And even now, as I've gotten older with, you know, me and my wife is, I feel like we've always kind of done things like, okay, this Thanksgiving, we'll do stuff with my family. The other thing, you know, or we'll switch back and forth or like Thanksgiving, we're here, Christmas, we're there. So we see everybody over the holidays and like our families don't intermingle. I've never had the issues. I know other people, you know, they have, you know, brothers, mothers, cousins, you know, way extended family, these big fucking ordeals. That sounds fucking awful. Yeah. And you've always got that, you know, one cousin that's 
way out there with their beliefs that want to push it on everybody else. And we're just like, all right, Karen, that's enough. I got to call out some of my friends on the, on the right as people were like, Oh yeah, make sure you're, you know, trolling your liberal friends with the Rittenhouse stuff. Cause that was like right around Thanksgiving. Why can we just have a fucking nice dinner? Right. You know, like I made a meme the other day that was, you know, actually about like a, a, a new cop nailing a dispatcher or a nurse. Um, I, didn't want I, I saw that when the, when the rookie brings home the thick nurse. Oh man. You know what? Dude, For big I girl, she's fine, man. That movie, I want to watch that movie. I haven't, Road Trip, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Um, Michelle Trachtenberg was my first love, I think. She was fantastic in that movie. But, yeah, some person, like, made it all political, and I'm like, this has nothing to do with politics. Can we just, like, fucking not for, like, two seconds? Dude, there's, all, it, there's, there's always going to be somebody who tries to make everything politically correct. And that's the problem is that you – you end up with family members from, you know, all over coming home and then somebody wants to bitch about the police. You know, I, you, you know, everybody's got their cop questions and anything that happens in the, in the, uh, the media, you know, like you'll be around. Bitch, I wasn't there. Right. You'll be around family and they'll be like, oh, what do you think about this George Floyd situation? What do you think about this Michael Brown situation? It got to the point where I was just so tired of answering those questions. I was like, look, I'll leave me alone. Yeah, it gets fucking old. So if there's anybody that's like cop family, just stop. Just yeah, don't stop. don't ask your cop family members what they think about a situation. Just just don't. Yeah, we're we're pretty over it. The next thing we have on here is Christmas shoes. What are the Christmas what? shoes? I don't know what Christmas shoes are. And they say they're depressing. Is that like a, I don't know. I guess Hold I should have asked more questions. Hold I don't on, know what Christmas shoes that's, are. That's worth a Google. Hold on one yeah. second. Google is a, our friend here. Hopefully it's not like a urban dictionary definition here. Well, we're. <laughs> oh, it's a song. I don't know if I've ever heard it. I don't know. I pulled up Christmas Crocs. And oh. that's another thing. Don't, who the fuck wears Crocs? What kind of self-respecting man wears Crocs? Okay, so apparently, wait, wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. You got a problem with Crocs? You got a problem with me. I got a problem with Crocs. What the fuck's wrong with Crocs, dude? They're comfortable and they're easy and they are fashionable. They're, they're comfortable and they're easy. That's what she said. Yeah, I was, I was going to go somewhere with that, but I was like, nah, I don't want to start World War III. Um, <laughs> no, dude, Crocs are horrible. They're the Swiss cheese of shoes. Have you ever tried them on? No, you wouldn't catch Shut the dead. fuck up then. You don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. I'm telling you, like today, I couldn't find them. And I was like, fuck, I just want to look. I'm not like a, a slides kind of guy. I don't like slides. I, you know, I can do a flip flop every once in a while. Crocs, they have more support and you just slide them fucking on. I like them. I don't give a fuck how they look. I love Crocs. No, no self-respecting man should be caught dead in Crocs. I am not self-respecting, sir. So that's, that's true. Right, there you yeah, go. How fucking dare you accuse me of that? So, based on my my search here, is the Christmas shoes is a song, and maybe even a depressing movie. So, okay, so the Christmas shoe. This is a little thing on Google. The Christmas shoes has to be 
one of the saddest films ever to be made on Christmas. It should be rated eight tiers instead of eight stars. Um, so now I got to figure out what this shit's about. I don't want to be. Why do people make sad Christmas movies, man? This is time to be. Uh, okay, so there's a song. Right, hold on, hold on. Yeah. So the last few lines of this song, sir, I want to buy these shoes for my mama, please. It's Christmas Eve and the shoes are just her size. Could you hurry, sir? Daddy says there's not much time. You'd see she's been sick for quite a while. And I know these shoes would make her smile. And I want her to look beautiful if mama meets Jesus tonight. Oh, oh my. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. Who well, okay, so the plot, the plot of the movie is not better. The film has several intertwined plot lines. Workaholic lawyer Robert Layton and the impact of his job on his marriage to Kate and his relationship with his daughter, Lily. Maggie Andrews, her t- terminal illness, her husband Jack and her young son Nathan, Robert's mother Ellen, and her friendly neighbor Dalton, and a teacher in Lily School. Okay, so apparently it's a uh, that was a weird fucking plot, by the way. But basically, it's about a workaholic and somebody with terminal illness. So, all right, I don't know much about Christmas shoes, but it sounds fucking horrible. Sounds like I agree with whoever. Okay, who watches that shit? It's apparently it's a Hallmark movie, so that's your first problem. Okay, buddy, fruitcakes. I've never eaten that shit, and I don't plan to ever. Those are they're disgusting. They they are utterly disgusting. Um, I I have a great aunt who used to send fruitcakes all the time, and he'd have them, and we always had to have a piece of them, you know, make the family feel good, and I hate it. Okay, I don't even know what it what really like. I've heard the term, but I just googled it, and the picture makes me want to vomit. So, careful, careful with googling that. Yeah. Hey, so, um, what are your thoughts on green bean casserole? Depends on who makes it, but I gotta say, my mother in law makes some pretty good uh, green bean casserole. I'm not just saying that to score points, although hopefully I do. Hey, you always got to be out there scoring points, if you know what I mean. She made green bean casserole. I just, I can't do it. And I felt bad because we were going through the fridge the other day, getting rid of the old, you know, Thanksgiving stuff. And no one had really touched it besides her. I just, I don't know, green beans and I'm not a big casserole guy. And that's just a bad combo. Is it, is it a consistency issue? I don't know. I feel like I've had one bite my whole life. So maybe next year I need to like really try it so I can really give it. It just looks gross. It looks like vomit. So you're being a pussy. I am what I eat. That was was bad. That was bad. That's a dude. I that's like the worst comeback of all time. Um, let's see here. Every store playing the same shit Christmas music over and over and over. No, I feel that. I like Christmas music, but it it only like in short bursts. In small doses, doses. Yeah, words are hard. Dosages, because Dosages. there's only like five Christmas. Songs. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's some good ones out there, but it's one of those things like after you've heard them a few times, you're good. Like you've heard them and you're like, you're good, which is weird because other music, I could listen to the same songs every single day and be totally cool with it. But Christmas music, not so much. Yeah, what do you think? This is melody. this is not the theme of the podcast, but what do you think is the best Christmas song? The best Christmas song. What's the uh, best one? Way to put me on the spot. Um, 
I can tell you it's not I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I want to name that the the episode. I want to name it that, but then I feel like it'll take away from the uh, the, the beginning <laughs> right. of the podcast. But I'm I'm I still may do it. People will look at that and be like, "I'm not watching." Yeah, I know. People are like fuck mental health. I'm not listening to that. They're just gonna play that stupid song. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what the best Christmas song is. I like. I don't know if I could put my hat on one of them. I and I fuck. I hate Yoko Ono, but um, the John Lennon song. Uh, the war is over. I I don't in John Lennon's kind of hit and miss for me, but I I don't know why that song. I just like that song. Yeah. Um, Paul McCartney's Christmas song. The it's really weird, but I like that one. Uh, Rocking around the Christmas tree, man. I, that one's always a classic. That is that is a good one. Yeah, and it reminds me of Home Alone too. So such a good movie. I know it we've is. Talked, such a good movie. Yeah, I've I've already got Home Alone two in uh, for the season. I'll have to watch one, and I got to get Elf in, and then everything else is. I watched I watched the first one yesterday. What do you think the greatest Christmas movie of all time is? Home Alone. Nah, it's Elf, dude. It's got to be Elf. Nah, nah. Home Alone is just it's it's that classic own house. It was just the coolest thing in the world. I had one of those little for Home Alone two. You know the little voice recorder thing he had. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I had one of those. It was it was awesome. All right, fair enough. I'm I'm still gonna go with Home Alone. Two is better than one, and I think Elf is better. Oh, yeah, we'll disagree on that all day long. Hey man, we can't always agree on everything. So, um, somebody put the worst song, and I actually had this a couple of times. The worst song is "All I Want for Christmas Is You" by Mariah Carey. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so fucking overplayed. Like if that was a song you heard every once in a while, okay. Yeah, but the fact that they played as much as they do. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, Mariah's a good singer. She can fucking wail, but that song is so fucking overplayed, man. Yeah. That and Taylor Swift's uh last Christmas I gave you my heart. Whatever the fuck I gotta hate that. I don't know that I hear that. I've, I know that song, but I don't feel like I hear it that often. Oh, maybe it's just because I despise it so much. Do you, but, are you, you know, not a Taylor fan? So every one of her songs is about a relationship breakup. Don't, don't fuck up Christmas with your drama. Yeah, she's she's drama filled. I mean, she's gorgeous, but she's a drama filled lady. He is and, and don't don't fuck up my Christmas with your breakup song. Yeah, figure your shit out. Fucking figure it out. Um Elf on the Shelf. And this person adds on. You probably have um a ton of them because you have a million kids. Okay, A, I only have four kids. And B Holy shit, you got four kids. Yeah, bro. P- you know they figured out bro. what causes that, right? <laughs> I dude, I despise that joke, by the way. I despise it. Like, you know what causes that? <laughs> says the guy. Says the guy who was like, I am what I eat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll own that. Um, yeah, the am what I eat is like a fucking like middle school comeback. You know, like you're playing like Xbox or something and somebody calls you a pussy. You're like, I am what I eat. I am, that's your mom. I eat your mom. Um, <laughs> yeah, the uh, I. I actually, I don't allow that fucking elf in my house. I don't know the first thing about it, but it sounds fucking stupid. Yeah, I've never, I've never partook in the elf on the shelf. What is it? It's like the elf is like in your house and spies on you. Yeah. 
Google already fucking does that, man. You know, all these fucking what was my wife was saying that? Oh, we were I was ripping on Yoko Ono the other day and she's like, my fucking phone came up with a bunch of Yoko Ono shit. Like I look up Yoko Ono. So which is a weird thing to talk about a couple of times on this podcast. Well, it's true. Yeah. Yoko Ono broke up the Beatles. Everybody remember that. Yep. Are you Beatles fan, by the way? I am. Okay, I don't get how people don't like the Beatles. I get, I can get why you're like not a mega fan, but you have to respect the Beatles. If it wasn't for the Beatles, oh, they were the first boy band. Her, her. Okay, fine. Early Beatles, boy band, sure. Listen to their later shit. Change your life. Yeah, and I, I my mother growing up was a was a huge. Um, oh shit! Yeah, edit that part out because I just completely lost my Yoko Ono's husband, John Lennon. John Lennon, fucking! I just had a stroke. Happens to my, the best of us. My mom was a uh, a huge John Lennon fan. Uh, and used to sing "The Monsters Gone" uh, every night for me at bedtime. So yeah, there's a there's a special place for the Beatles. John Lennon was kind of a piece of shit, though. Yeah, I, absolutely. <laughs> it's funny absolutely. that he's like you know like he's like this this image of like peace and tranquility and 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 i mean he changed his life and all that but i mean like early on that dude was like a great a piece of shit if you've read on on him at all uh let's see what we got here so from yoko and john let's see oh there's another all i want for christmas horrible song here's a good one this must be from a firefighter but it's true when houses burn because families cover their tree lights tree light cords and it heats up and catches fire yeah that's always that dude that fucking every year there's a fucking house fire due to christmas lights it's it, the holidays are always fire season you get the you get the one dumbass who sets his house on fire from you know putting his his turkey in oil his frozen turkey and then you get the people who set their houses on fire because of candles they leave burning yeah oh yeah 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 i got a lot of christmas lights off and on and i have an old ass house so it kind of makes me nervous but it's fine it's totally fine uh let's see here we got the okay do you think that die hard is a christmas movie yes or no yes die hard is a christmas movie all right you are allowed to continue on the podcast <laughs> yeah and the, the basically the complaint here i've got two of them in a row that people are like people that say die hard isn't a christmas movie it's clearly a christmas movie it's on Christmas Eve and John McClane save the Nakatomi Plaza on Christmas Eve. There's Christmas lights. It's a fucking Christmas movie. Don't argue with me. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. God, great fucking movie. Getting a little like stiff thinking about it. Um, oh, I got this come up twice. Caroling. I don't have that issue. I guess where I live, it's kind of a rural area. Like if you walk down my road, you're gonna get run over. I I experienced it a couple times when I lived in the city, and it's weird. It's nice, you know, people are coming by and they're singing, and but it's awkward. It's like when people sing you "Happy Birthday," except for longer, and in higher octaves, and over and, and over. It's like too much, and I get that it's like a a really nice act of goodwill but don't come to my house man like what if i'm what like what if it's like my evening and everybody's gone 
and I'm like jerking off, and like somebody fucking comes to the door mid Pornhub. What the <laughs> and fuck, singing, dude? And singing to you about baby Jesus. Jesus, that's too much, right? Like, I feel guilty enough, and now you're coming to my door singing about, you know, baby Jesus. I right. can't handle it. Um, yeah, so there's two of those, and one person adds, and I'll add this, like, don't come on my fucking porch unless you're dropping off a package, which is not <laughs> the holiday spirit, but you know what I'm saying. So this person is British, but they said apparently in uh, over across the pond, they say happy Christmas, and it's the worst. Yeah, that sounds terrible. It's Merry Christmas, right? Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Is, or are Happy we, Holidays. Stop mixing the two. I don't get... Okay, so people kind of lose their shit with, like, the Happy Holidays and the Merry Christmas thing. I don't know about you. I don't... You know, I don't really don't. I mean, because I think ha- saying Happy Holidays is basically saying the same thing. I don't know. I, I, I think it's just one of those things, like, we find a reason to be mad. Like, somebody... Are, are you talking nice about... Are you talking about people getting pissed off because people say happy holidays instead of merry christmas yeah yeah say whatever the fuck you want. I, I don't care. you're being nice all you're doing is being nice and saying hey i hope you're having a good day or a good time or whatever like look and i, I don't want to get into like heaven and hell on the podcast because you know we're making dick jokes and talking about jerking off and whatever the fuck else we've talked about but like not everybody people may not be christian okay right that's fine. Who gives a shit? Like, if you're a Christian, you're comfortable with your faith. That's awesome. Cool. I don't right. think people are sliding you by saying happy holidays. It's are there some force it down people's throat? Yes. Are there some people that are trying to slight you by saying that? Probably. Don't sink to their level then. But you know what? We're all grownups. Deal no, we're it. not. No, we're not. Come on, dude. You're giving people way too much credit. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You know, but in the same token, though, if you're offended if somebody says Merry Christmas, and you're not, you know, Christian or whatever, they're just being nice. Don't be a dick about that too. Like both sides is being nice. We're just trying to be nice to each other. You know, if I don't, you know, if I meet you, I don't know what fucking religion you are. If I say Merry Christmas to you and you're like, well, actually I'm, you know, whatever. Okay. I'm just trying to be nice. So don't be a dick. Just saying that that's also a theme on the the podcast is don't be a dick. So, um, Let's see what I hear have here. Oh, I got I got one. I got one. Go for it, dude. Um, Hallmark movies. I know we kind of touched on them, but I absolutely fucking hate Christmas Hallmark movies. I don't even fucking watch that channel, dude. Fuck that shit. I like you turned it on for two seconds and the acting is so bad and just like you read the description, and you're like, this is too cringe. It's all it's all it. the same plot. It's all the same plot. Every like country Hallmark. songs. It's the same plot. <laughs> my dog left me, you know, my tractor won't start. And my wife's with my cousin. Same thing. Hallmark's the same thing. It's the movie version of it. It is. Uh, let's see here. Decorating. What the fuck, man? That's like the best part. Fuck off. You don't like <laughs> Christmas lights? What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> These Grinches, man. I know. You're doing it for the children. And me. Because I like pretty flashing lights. But would somebody please think of the children here? Put up your fucking Christmas lights. Don't be a Grinch, you, you son of a bitch. You, did. you had a ton of them. Do it, dude. Um, let's see. This person puts all Christmas music is awful. No, nah, come on, man. It's not. It's not that bad. But I think there should be a time and place for Christmas music. I, I think there Christmas is. music. Christmas season. Yeah, I think I would even say Christmas music is maybe even a little after decorations. Like, 
I'd be cool if Christmas music didn't start hitting until like two weeks before Christmas. Ooh. Or am I am I being a dick though? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, we got another fruitcake. Feliz Navidad. They don't like that song. I like that song. I like that song. That's a very funny, very. It's a fun song, man. Yeah. Feliz yeah. Navidad. I like that song. Fuck off. You're wrong. Okay. I've never heard of this, but it would probably piss me off. Apparently, this guy's, uh, their dispatch puts out a bolo for the Grinch every year. Oh, my God. That's they fucking cringe, it. man. They, they do it for us, except they, they put out a bolo for Santa. Why would they put out a bolo for Santa? It's it, Dude, it's so... Santa, why would you want to find him? Don't ruin the magic, you fucks. I'm getting, a little, always, I'm getting a little worked up over this. It's always the same dispatcher every year, too. Is it the dispatcher? No, it's not the <laughs> dispatcher. <laughs> Can I ask if that dispatcher still works in the same department? Yes, she, yes, she does. Is it like, is your wife like cool with all that? Is it like, no, no, no not no. at all. I don't blame her. You should make it <laughs> That'd be awkward. Uh, it's, it's uh, a work in progress. Eggnog. That's a good conversation to have. I agree with this guy. Eggnog is disgusting. I like eggnog, but I like eggnog in small doses. Because it's an it's like eating a piece of fudge. It's extremely rich. It's good, but only a little bit. Now, people who put rum in their eggnog, if you can get drunk drinking rum and eggnog, you're going to be extremely sick the next morning because that shit is sweet. Here's my thing with eggnog. They only sell it in the store in December. Right. They don't sell it year round because it wouldn't sell year round because somebody in the eggnog industry uh, the evil eggnog industry they're like big pharma they're like big eggnog i don't why is it a thing why is it even a thing it's gross it's disgusting it's never good it's never okay like pumpkin pie i mean what the fuck did you just say about pumpkin pie i love pumpkin pie but usually you can only find it during the fall well that's because that's when they harvest pumpkins okay you can find canned pumpkins year round. That's true. No, pumpkin pie should be year round. Pumpkin pie is legit. Yeah, I love pumpkin pie. Now, pumpkin spice everything that's just too basic. Oh, I'm a basic bitch. Oh, Although did. I did turn down a pumpkin cream cold brew today because I was, I was, I was, uh, I knew I was going to drink tonight. I was like, I got to cut the calories down. So, yeah, you, you also wear Crocs. So, is this a personal attack or something? Come on, bro. This, you're wrong for this. Do your, do your Crocs sit right next to your Ugg boots? I do not have Ugg boots. All right, I will. I'll rag on people for Ugg boots. Yeah, that's just the next. That's the next step. I've heard. You're like, no, I'll never wear Ugg boots, and you'll like slip and fall into a pair of your wife's, and you're like, oh my god, they're so comfortable. Okay, so this is kind of related to Uggs, maybe not quite, but like Carhartt is like the hick version for like picks of like Uggs, you know what I mean? Like everybody wears Carhartt. And yes. I bought this brown hoodie for a Black Friday sale at Walmart. It's a Carhartt one. My God, it is the most comfortable thing I've ever put on. And so I was walking out of the gas station. My wife didn't recognize me. She's like, you just like fucking look like everybody here. <laughs> <laughs> I 
God bless that hoodie, though. Holy shit. I get Carhartt now. It's the best thing ever. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I'm going to go. I'm going to go off on a tangent here for a second. Let's hear it, buddy. So you are a connoisseur of of beers. Um, Connoisseur is a big word for me, but yes. White Claw or no? Well, I have heard when you're drinking White Claw, there are no laws. Um, nah, dude, they're not good. I mean, I think people pretended they were good for a long time and I'm probably guilty of it, but the seltzer thing I think is dying because people just kind of realize they're not that good. Good. I, I've never had, I just, I can't, I can't bring myself to be the basic bro. No drink. I think, um, there's a couple flavors that are okay, but the seltzer thing just got over overdone. Like I was talking about Christmas beers. Budweiser puts out seltzers and they seem to like, you know, different seasons or whatever they put out. And I saw it again this year where like they have like the Christmas pack of seltzers. I got it last year. It was fucking awful. Like none of the flavors tasted like what they were supposed to taste like. So I don't know. Just give me one second. We'll edit this out. I got to go piss. I've had three cups of coffee. No, go take a piss, bud. All right, I'm back. I appreciate that. I, man, I got a bladder like a fucking toddler. No, you're good. By the way, I will edit all the silence out, but I'm going to keep in where it said, hey, I edit this out. I got to take a piss. Okay. Uh, poorly made. You know, I had a partner and I won't dime her out, but holy shit, we had to stop every 10 seconds. You guys yeah. are small bladders, man. Yeah. And female cops are the worst. Well, you got to take everything off, man. Right. It's yeah. Simple piss takes, you know, 10 minutes. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on here. So we got a couple, we had like three more fruit cakes and uh, eggnog came up again, but. This guy says the worst Christmas song is the Chipmunks one. That one is bad. That one is really bad and a fucking annoying. Yeah, yeah, that that just gets in your brain and fucking bounces around for a little while. Yeah, and then like the cringe like part where it's like Alvin, Alvin, fuck, dude, uh, come on, it's bad. Let's let's take that one off the holiday rotation, can we? Yep, I'm I'm down with that. Yeah, there was there was a Muppets one that I heard was so fucking funny, and I never heard it again. I was like, "Why is this not on?" It was so fucking. It was the twelve, uh, twelve days of Christmas, and it was with. Have the you Muppets. heard the redneck version of the Twelve Days of Christmas? I don't know if I have. Oh, dude, you got You got to listen to that later on. That's great. I may, I may Google that one. Yes. Uh, by the way, Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. The OG is fucking legit. That's a good song. That is an amazing song. You know which one I think needs more love, and I'm going to give some love to the Nitty Gritty Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Is uh, their Christmas song? That's a fucking great song. Um, they're not just you know fish in the dark kind of fellas. Their their Christmas song is really good too. Um, I've heard that. Oh, you have. If you've heard it, I'm trying to think what the fuck it's called. Now I'm going to have to Google it. But they talk about like being in LA and there's no snow, and then they start talking about being in Colorado for the snow. No, can't say that I've heard it. What? Are you fucking kidding me? I wonder if I'll get in trouble for playing it on the podcast because I'm sure that you fucking heard this song. You're gonna hear it and you're gonna be like, Oh yeah, I've heard it. Oh, it's it's called Colorado Christmas. 
Colorado Christmas. Holy shit. Yeah, listen to the whole song, man. It's fucking legit. It's a great Christmas. And maybe it's just like a Colorado thing. I don't know, man. I just thought everybody knew about it. Yeah, no. No, it's good, man. Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. You've heard of them, have you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fishing in the Dark. You and me, man. You and me, Fishing in the Dark. The yeah. cool grass grows. All right. Um, This one's kind of sad. I think he's trying to be funny. Um, But the worst part about Christmas is pretending to be happy. Womp, womp. Come on, man. You fucking. Well, I don't, having, I don't know. Okay, let's hear what you guys say. So I will kind of piggyback on that. It's not pretending that you're happy, but one of the biggest things that pisses me off about Christmas is all of these people who are suddenly so nice and Merry Christmas. No, you go ahead. When, you know, 11 uh, of the other months out of the year, they'd slit your fucking throat to make sure they got in line before you. <laughs> I just feel okay. like people are so fake during that's the fair. Christmas. Yeah, that's fair. Can we just, be, if you're going to be nice, just be nice all the time, not just during Christmas. Right. Like you'll, you'll have some Salvation Army guy ringing a bell and everybody's like, oh, yeah, let me, let me get some change. But, you know, in June, you'll walk right by the bum sitting on the side of the road with his cup. Yeah, that's real. Hey, can you hear my baby crying, by the way? No. Okay. I, I can hear him through the baby monitor, but if it's not coming through, we'll, we'll call it good. Um, yeah, the, the dungeon, the sound isn't very, like, I don't know if everybody upstairs can hear me, but, like, the sound from in the house just, like, amplifies down here. It's awesome. So there there's another reason to donate your poorly made money to me so i can maybe buy some of the things that make the sound not what is it called there's like padding or insulation for studios or something throwing it out there soundproofing sound that's a big word yep i got it um actually two words you know fuck you poorly made (laughs) all right so uh we got two more left any christmas song by justin bieber any song I didn't know he did baby, songs. baby, baby. Yeah, I don't fucking know any of his songs. I know that one because I fucking heard it on a clip somewhere. I don't know anything but, about Justin Bieber. But yeah, any any of Justin Bieber songs doesn't even have to be Christmas. Yeah, that guy is like the next Macaulay Culkin, by the way, man. That like he just grew up too fast, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you almost feel bad for those guys too because you know I'm sure it was like one thing like his parents are like. And I, I say this off the cuff. I don't know the fucking first thing about the kid, but his parents are like, oh, hey, cool. You can sing. And he gets in the shit. And now, you know, before you know it, he's like 30 and he doesn't know what to fucking do with his money or his life. So, yeah. Um. All right. I like this one. This is one of the best ones we got. Fake gift pranks. If I get an empty box from someone, they catch in hands real quick. Or those, uh, those, uh, because apparently giving lottery tickets, scratch off tickets, is, is a thing. I don't know if it is there. What's wrong here. with giving lottery tickets? I'd no, fuck. no, no. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. 
but you'll you'll get one of those fake ones. Oh yeah. It says that you've won like ten thousand dollars and you have to flip it over and it says it can be redeemed at your mama's house. <laughs> That's why anytime I'm ever given one for Christmas. That's fucking like, funny though. <laughs> <laughs> It, it gets uh, bad, man. I've seen videos out there on the internet where people like think they've won fifty thousand dollars, and they start going slam off on their family members, like "fuck you, fuck you, fuck you," and they're just like, yeah, laying some some mean mean shit down just to realize you got played, and then the rest of the family's like, "All right, now this is awkward." So, and that's the thing that's sad too is fifty thousand bucks. That's really not that much money. It's not. But it's I mean, not. Come on, you wouldn't be excited if somebody just walked up and handed you fifty thousand. Oh no, I would be excited, but not excited enough to tell my family what I really thought of them. That's you know, that's that's this got to be a lot more money than that. <laughs> I love you, bro. I know you're listening. I love you, bro. Um. Anyway, well, hey, dude, we're kind of we're running up to the end of the podcast, and so something I like to ask. I have basically the same set of questions. One of them's newer. Um, it's a little weird. I think you'll be into it. Have Maybe you ever pooped your pants? You know, I saw, I, I saw that uh, that meme you posted. Have you ever pooped your pants? And I was like, where does that come from? Granted, I've never listened to your podcast. By the way, um, you should repent for that. How dare you? Have I ever pooped my pants as an adult? Yes. In fact, I did it uh, to preface. I was sick, uh, but I did it once on duty. Oh, the, I think this might be our first on duty poop story. Are you are you at liberty to discuss? Uh, I was working and uh, I sneezed a little too hard. Oh, man, the sneeze. This I don't know that. I think that's a dad thing. I never sneeze farted until I had children, but that's a real thing, man. And those are like hard farts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was more than a fart. And, well, yeah. Uh, and I could, I could see that happening because I, I've had a few of those sneeze farts and they're intense sometimes. Had to mark out uniform maintenance and, uh, and, and change my britches. <laughs> you, there's a, a fucking code out for uniform maintenance. I fucking love it, man. <laughs> like Janet Jackson worked at your department. You got a fucking uniform <laughs> malfunction. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, yep. uh, see, if uh, dispatcher Mo, if you're listening to this, everybody poops their pants. You're just a fucking liar. Um. All right. So obviously, the next question coming from a guy like me, I like to ask people about their favorite patrol cars. What is, and and you you've been on you were on longer than me. Um. What's your favorite patrol car that you've Crown, Crown Vic, hands down. Fuck yes. Hell yeah. yeah. I say that I mean, as I, I look at my Crown Vic ornament. I, I drive and explore now. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I like it. Um, it's it's got room. Um, you know, the amenities are nice, but there is nothing that beats the roar of a Crown Vic running go call. No, it now do you guys have the uh your explorers that have the eco boost or no? uh no yeah see that's that's the thing i didn't like about the explorers is they had no guts and the ground clearance on them was just dog shit yeah they they then again we don't pursue but what's the you're pursuit? not going 
you're not going anywhere fast in that thing. Yeah. Um, I see your puppies are excited. Yeah. Uh, now, last but not least, do you have any imparting words of wisdom for the millions of people that listen to the podcast? Like I said, um, you know, like we kind of go full circle and, and not to turn the, the happiness on its head. But like I said, it's 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 okay to not be okay. Um, you know, I want the guys and girls to, out there to know. And it, it's not just cops, any first responders. I mean, I would imagine you've got, you know, at least some firefighters that listen to this. I mean, I don't see why not. They're just firehouse not doing anything they're cooking they're having their grill out they're grilling they're playing uh nintendo we having their bowling that or while they listen to this either that or they're sitting blocks away waiting for us to secure the scene yep so they got plenty of time to listen um but no i mean it, it's okay to not be okay i mean it's okay to you know you don't have to be as open about it as, as some are you don't have to to broadcast it but the important thing is, you know, if you start to, to feel yourself changing and becoming more agitated or you're, you're lacking patience with family and friends and you start to see these things, then, you know, maybe it's time to go see somebody. Maybe it's time to just just talk it out, you know. Um, therapists are great about keeping your confidentiality. You don't have to worry about that. The laws are the same in all 50 states. They're you know, as long as you're not a threat to yourself or someone else, they can't, they can't tell on, you know, so don't, don't be afraid to reach out um, and say, look, you know, these things are bothering me. We, we truly do see, and it doesn't matter. I, I work in a very rural jurisdiction now, I worked in an inner city for seven years, and then I moved into a county, um, Honestly, now the majority of what I do is chase cows out of the roadway while wearing my stuff. Hey, that doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, if you say so. <laughs> um, but I, I worked in an inner city for seven years, so I, I, I've seen both sides of that coin. From, from being a, a county mountie that, you know, chases cows out of the roadway to being a gang detective, you know, in a city where there were homicides and shootings all the time. I find that a lot of guys feel like their troubles don't rate thinking they need help. And, and what I kind of rated to is, is, so you've got somebody in your family that, that has nothing to do with law enforcement, right? The only thing they know about law enforcement is, is that you were a cop. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. So if that person is driving down the interstate and they're stuck in traffic and they drive by a car accident and they look over and they see that this gurney is covered with a yellow blanket and there's obviously somebody, somebody passed away. And, and as they're driving by, they notice that a hand is hanging off the gurney. They don't even see any blood. They don't even see, all they see is a body that's covered up and a hand that's hanging out. You think that's going to affect them? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pr that's probably going to be on their mind for for a good little while. You know, a couple of weeks. They're going to lay down at night. They're going to think about that. They're going to go, man, that, that was somebody's son. That was somebody's brother. That was somebody's husband. Well, who do you think is the one that's the first responder to that? Accidents happen everywhere. 
you know, it doesn't matter what jurisdiction it is. You see things, we see things that the general population doesn't see. Don't ever think that you don't rate getting help because you don't work in an inner city and you don't see a bunch of gory homicides and things like that. We all deal with traffic accidents. We all deal with suicides. We all deal with, you know, all of our jurisdictions deal with infant deaths. It's, it's a part of the beast and it's things that, that just add another block to your shoulders. So don't ever think that you don't rate getting help. I love it, dude. Now to, to add something onto that, which, and I, I know not everybody else is going to be in the same circle as me. And, and I don't, I don't mean to carry us on too long, but for me, like even a lot of the emotional stuff I saw or how even something as simple as seeing how another human being treats another person like that shit would eat at me. And, and I get everyone sees that, but you know, the, to see it very, um, what's the word I'm looking for very intimately as a cop where you see the ins and outs of things and you see, you know, especially investigating a case and, you know, or even a string of cases, which, you know, I never was in investigations, but you'd see somebody repeatedly hurt somebody or do these fucked up things, you know, knowing, you know, having the firsthand knowledge and seeing the evidence that this shit exists for some of us that can fucking bug you right. or even the simple DV, like, Right, going to the I feel same so domestic. bad for the yeah. I feel so bad for this person that they're in this situation and they feel they cannot leave or whatever it is. I mean, beyond the gore and the death and all the that horrible shit, which is horrible. You know, we talked about child deaths earlier. I mean, I I have one that fuck man, I a nine year old kid. Like it fucks with us, and and don't be afraid if if you need that fucking help, go get it. Doesn't have to be anything major. It's can even just be those because again we don't notice the weight we don't notice the difference until you look back years later oh yeah definitely hey man i was going to ask you about something and i don't know if you have any knowledge on it and uh i saw something that was passed by uh, our beloved government that allowed cops the ability to confidentially go get mental health help without you know, fear of retaliation. Do you know anything about that? Uh, I don't, but I do know that. So confidentiality, I, nothing necessarily cop directed, but confidentiality is always, I mean, regardless of, of what your profession is, uh, therapist, uh, counselor, they can't, they can't out any of that information. Um, and <clears throat> I don't know what other states have. I know here in Virginia, if you are SISM certified, uh, crisis intervention, stress management, if you're a peer, um, basically you hold that same level. So if a guy, if you're, if you're SISM certified and a guy comes to you and says, Hey man, I need to talk to you on a peer on peer level. Um, basically whatever they tell you is confidential. Um, you can't be compelled. You can't be subpoenaed to testify against them. You can't be made to release that information because they told you that in the confidence of a peer, which is a huge thing. It's a, it's a very huge thing. And I hope all of that, I, I don't know if they do or not, but uh, being able to talk to another cop 
um, and not have to worry about those things coming back in the app. Yeah, these programs out there are good, and I, I can only hope that they expand because, you know, maybe some people aren't, you know, like we talked about earlier, maybe some people are not comfortable talking to therapists and talking to, you know, a guy more on their level. Maybe that's what they need. So, well, hey, man, uh, I really appreciate all your time, man. And I think, you know, we had a little fun at the end, but I think we hit some really serious shit. So I, I hope somebody, you know, A, if you don't need help, great but you know now you can be a little more empathetic with the uh, the people that do and uh, if you need help go get it man go get it it'll right. save your life so and, and if you if if you don't need help but someone around you does don't be a dick no oh yeah absolutely man let them, let them get the, the what they need man don't talk behind their back right yeah because well, nine times out of ten <laughs> what it really is is they're just braver than you are <laughs> yeah man it is you know, cause it does, you know, uh, I'll be straight up honest. I haven't gone to talk to somebody. I probably should. I'll admit that it's, it's something to work up to for sure. So, um, if you're out there and you're taking those first steps, man, you're making, you're making a good step. So, all right. So now we've come to the conclusion of the podcast, a couple of quick things for you. If, uh, you want to support this podcast, there's a link at the end that says, Support the podcast. You uh, put in your credit card, your mom's credit card, the stolen credit card, whatever you got. And you can donate a few bucks to me so I can keep this train rolling and keep you entertained. Because if I do this two days out of the week and I do it on a pretty consistent basis, that's, you know, 100 people a year I talk to. There's what, 800,000 cops all over the country and all different types of people to talk to. Everybody has a story. So help me uh, have the ability to continue telling people's stories. So Click on that link and uh, give me a few bucks. I'd appreciate it. And then uh, we're hitting the holiday season pretty hard. So make sure if you're getting your poorly made Christmas ornaments, you need to get those soon so you can get them on your tree because that's what you need in your life to make yourself happy and therapy, of course. And then, of course, uh, merch. Get that merch ordered soon because if you don't get it ordered before too long, uh, you're not going to get it before Christmas or just order yourself something. You deserve it. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of the podcast that make this possible. With that said, um, you know, make sure you're taking care of your guys and girls, making sure you're giving them what they need. And remember, I love most of you and bye-bye.